0: Question time. This is another another doozy. Uh, this is from Mark C. Okay. Who is, um, I guess he's a cable player or something because he has a, a, a website called Analog Missionary. He says, greetings from the Gulf Coast, USA. Huge fan of both you and this podcast. Budgie especially has informed my playing over the years, and I've learned much from his style. I was curious if he'd consider releasing an album of his Budgie boxing mouth music. Oh, I've noticed in the podcast he tends to quote rhythms or riffs with a beatbox-like series of mouth-drummy sound effects. How about an a cappella album of classic Budgie faves called A
1: Good Day at the Orifice? Uh, You're <laughs> oh my, the my
0: heroes, Mark.
1: I'm not sure if that's a, a good day at the office yeah. or, or a good yeah. day at the, uh, the coal face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, which reminds me of a song called Coal Mind, oh, yes. um, which reminds me of a song, uh, and I was thinking of it the other day because I see that the um, there's a new Susan the Banshees compilation coming out. Right. I think it's all scheduled for uh, Halloween called Old Souls. Am I plugging my own my own past here? Yeah, um, no, it's fine. Carry on. And I'll, on it, of course, is uh, All Souls' Day. Uh, what's it called? El día de las de las muertos. Muertos. Yeah. Okay. And on that particular track, I remember doing a bit of this kind of jack jack chicka boom a boom chicka jack jack chicka boom chicka boom, which I would which I would have probably hated because it sounds like a bit like Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Yeah. But it was, like, it was so much fun to do. But my, the first time I think I, I really got it, into doing it was on the B-side of Dear Prudence. Uh, and it was Tattoo. And, and Tattoo is... A, is a, I, mean, I, I still I, I can't really figure out how we did it. Uh, I do recall every aspect of it. But what I didn't really see was how it was going to... I don't think any of us could have envisaged how it would end up. Because it was all kind of backwards, and there was things that were just flown in, but one of the bits I did was Oom, chica, chica. Oom, chica, chica. and it was just the sound of the Adams apple hit in the back of the throat or something right, which in a studio just sounds pretty amazing <laughs> um and any uh there was lots of laughing and <laughs> you know that kind of thing
0: yeah um, well, sort of the epiglottis with the laughter
1: thrown in yeah, yeah I suppose so I never really really got into beatboxing because I know I know too many people now who are, are just so amazing at it I would just you know right. be ashamed to put an SM52 anywhere or is it an SM58 <laughs> um the won the big round one that uh, Lux Interior would swallow and there, and there in like, I rest my case Lux Interior would would put us all to shame Yeah. So this one is from Eric Vonk, who I know. You
0: know, I've seen his name a million times, and uh, I know that he writes a lot to um, me, like secure. So anyway, Uh, dear Lollabudgie, first of all, thanks for the great music you guys have given us over the year. Been listening to you both for decades now, and I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank Thank you, Eric. Yeah. Here's a, here's a couple of questions for you. Budge and Lol, in the 80s, many of your peers started using programmed drums and electronic drums, Simmons kit, even bands like Queen or the Stranglers did. Of course, the cure used it a few times when you, Lol, switched to keyboards and before Andy joined the band. But Budgie, did you use the technology of that era much? Any thoughts? That's the first part oh, of the question. So I, I'll let first,
1: you answer that one. Well, they. they did I embrace the new technology? Yeah, it was, uh, yep, bang on. Um, I always called them syndromes, but they were sinner, I think. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So they uh, would have appeared around, so I'd say Juju. Yeah, 1982. All right, Somewhere there. Monitor. <laughs> that big kind of descending. Yeah. <sharp> I loved
0: um, the I, I
1: had a couple of sinners They were yeah. great. Right, and they used right. to use the ding ding as a kind of like cowbell metallic yeah. percussion sort of sound. And yep, we plonked them out on stage. I used it on again on Juju Into the Light. Yes. It's, oh, yeah. it's feature, featured quite heavily. And so, you know, if Stephen uh, from New Order was like kind of and you were kind of going and I was going ding ding and. I think between us, we were like pretty much exploring the full potential of the syna. I think um, so.
0: There's only one yeah. problem with the Air that I remember was because the loudspeaker that got the reverberation going into the synth to trigger it was directly underneath that piece of metal on the front. After about six months, it just fell apart.
1: The whole uh, thing. Yeah. It? There was no yeah real durability. durability. They hadn't encountered drummers like us. No, that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, people. And then, of, uh, and then of course, <laughs> Simmons brought out their pads, which just started yeah. to break our wrists because we we yes. just kept hitting these pieces of plastic and going yeah. like, "Ow, ow!" Yeah. Yeah. And then Roland came to the, uh, to the to save us all from uh, you know multiple injuries and yes. whatever it's called, scapulzy. Oh yeah, scap, scap, scapular ridicule, or something. <laughs> <laughs> um repetitive something hitting syndrome repetitive hitting a hard plastic surface syndrome right. um, with uh, tunable mesh heads all very beautiful yeah but um I, I do prefer the earlier sounds which were not trying to sound like drums no I never they, they understood right, really right. the need to sample my drums and then put them on a pad and play my drums back via a triggering system it Sort of seemed like self defeating. I, I quite liked trying to put the pads into places uh where it was, you know, where you wouldn't have a drum. So in case you missed the drum, you would hit something. <laughs> oh, trade secrets all coming out here now.
0: There you go. All right. So I think we've done that one. Another question, and this one is from Lowell. From your book. Okay. From your book, which I recommend everyone to read, even if they're not into The Cure. Thank you very much, Eric. Um, and other interviews and sources. Pretty obvious, being in The Cure was not easy always or a lot of fun sometimes. I'm thinking of the pornography area, era. area, Pornography era. Brilliant album, but not an easy time, I gather. Towards the end, when you weren't able to contribute much during, to your addiction at the time, looking back, what was the happiest time for you being in The Cure? Um. Well I'm,
1: let me let me let me let me just give you a moment to reflect and think okay and i can sort of rephrase uh, eric's yeah. thing as if i just said so eric asked the question lol he yeah. asked on reflection what was the what was the uh, did, i think he said what was the happy was was it what's the happiest point what's the happiest time for you being what's the happiest you? time for you in in the, in the cure you know and he mentions pornography he mentions like yeah. the, the things you talk about in the book
0: yeah, the the top was pretty happy for me in a strange way because it was very peaceful and uh, most of the time it was just me and Robert in the studio. Actually, I, I think that's probably a lot of times when I was just working with Robert, it was yeah. probably my happiest time. So I, I like working with, with everybody else, but because we had started the whole thing, it, it was very easy just to be with each other and you know, do that um i think more outside forces later on change that dynamic and then it becomes things things start to change and people pull it in, in different directions and i think as young men no matter how smart or balanced you are that's that's going to change you no matter what you know and i i think uh that happened for us and not just on Robert's side, on my side too. So, uh, I think, you know, the first time that we came, um, over to America was a pretty happy time, happy period for me as well. And that was towards the beginning, you know? So, um, it's probably why I ended up here. Um, Mm. you know, that's it really in a nutshell. I think, um, he's got one last little bit,
1: Oh, the last little bit of the question. Okay, last little
0: bit of the question, which both of us are going to answer.
1: Okay, uh, and you'll see this, why. This, this is like the little bit of dessert we've been waiting for. Yeah,
0: this is uh, this is this is this, 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 this is the ice cream. Okay, finally, just being curious, is the Jackknife Lee on your team the same chap that made some great records? If so, tell him taking it easy is one of my favorite tracks ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks and kind regards, Eric Von the netherlands okay well it's one of those i think this is a cliffhanger really this is this has to be the cliffhanger <laughs> is it the jackknife that did said track on said yeah. is this your sleeping partner is this the, <laughs> the third part of our little act you will have to wait and see yeah. how else can we describe him yes well wow. he there is a there is but one and i think Due diligence, gil- yeah. Due diligence, yeah. Due diligence. I've always cup, had
0: uh, there. There's a strong
1: <laughs> cup of tea I had. Strong Will 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 lead to the the answers that you shall seek. Yes. Hey, we have a uh, just quickly. We do have uh, an anniversary coming up, lol You and I, uh, this coming Monday. Uh, I de- I think it's. Is it today? No, it's next week. Oh. Uh, the ninth the nineteenth, I think it is, or maybe it's the Sunday, the eighteenth. I think it's Sunday the eighteenth. Yeah. Was my first um, live live show with Susie and the Banshees at Leicester de Montfort Hall in England. Yeah. With The
0: Cure in Support. Le- Leicester de Montford Hall. I remember it well.
1: It's a great let's, night. Let's t- why don't we talk about that in another episode? Okay. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter.
0: Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.